0: Welcome to Quirky, Creepy, and Freaky, a podcast where we talk about wonky animal facts. I'm your host, Olivia, and each episode, I will share with you a different weird fact from the animal kingdom. We've reached the end of our warm-weather ectoparasites, and now we are on to something new. Shark Fest and Shark Week may be long over by now... Uh, But it's always a good time to talk about sharks, so we're going to talk about a few sharks over the next few episodes that aren't always super mainstream sharks. Kicking it off big this week with basking sharks, the second largest shark in the world and the second largest fish in the world. This is one of those creatures that you feel small sitting next to in a boat just barely longer than it, but despite the size of these sharks, there's a lot that we don't know about them. We do know that they spend most of their time in temperate subpolar areas of the world, and we know what they eat and that they are quite large, but we really don't know about their migration patterns, if they migrate, how long they live, how big different populations are, which by now we have a better idea of, but really all sorts of things. But there's plenty we do know. So basking sharks are considered coastal pelagic sharks, so that means they tend to hang out right around the coast and out over the continental slope, so several, at least several miles out. The continental slopes are areas of the ocean, uh, really where most of the food will be for the basking sharks. And it's the span of ocean before the ocean floor just drops down to the super deep abyss depths. So it's relatively shallow water for the rest of the ocean. Like the larger whale sharks, um, basking sharks eat plankton. And in case I haven't elaborated on what plankton are before, these are the small organisms that mostly rely on currents to get around. So things like single-celled algae, fish larvae, small shrimps, um, some nearly microscopic crustaceans called copepods, and things like that. Many of these organisms can control or do have pretty good control over how deep they are in the water, so they can go up to the surface, they can drop down low. But uh, beyond that, they're really at the mercy of the currents for the most part. Basking sharks uh, will follow around congregations of plankton. They particularly are fond of those copepods. They have um, the ability to smell their food. They have some scent organs upon their nose. So they use that to follow their food around. And then to eat, they just open up their mouth and swim forward in a method called ram feeding. The water is filtered through their gills, which then, you know, removes the plankton and the copepods that they will then swallow. Because they constantly have to follow their food, they don't stay in the same place for a super-duper long time, and as far as we know, uh, we think they may stay in a place for a couple of months and then they move on. Where do they go when they're moving on? We don't really entirely know. But a few sharks have been tagged and tracked, and one shark moved from the UK all the way over to Newfoundland and Canada. Other occasional sharks have been observed migrating down to Brazil in the winter times, mostly staying in deeper waters, but they have been seen. Are these typical basking shark movements? Do a lot of basking sharks make these long migrations regularly across the ocean? The basking sharks won't tell us, so we don't entirely know. Um but maybe one day we will find out. So they feed on plankton. Plankton is super tiny, and sure, they're the second biggest shark, but since they're feeding on super tiny things and not fish, they really can't be that big, right? Well, it turns out a lot of the largest marine animals out there primarily feed on plankton. So the basking sharks are in good company with whale sharks, uh, the big whales like humpback whales, um, a lot of those baleen whales like that, as well as the lesser-known megamouth shark, which is the third-largest shark. All of these animals primarily rely on plankton for their food source, even though they are really quite large. The bas- As a testament to their name, the basking shark's species name is Ceturinus maximus. The name Ceturinus refers to one, their nose, and it also comes from the Greek word for sea monster then the maximus part is largely pointing to their size and how it is very, very large. Hopping back over to the sea monster reference, these sharks are big enough that when they die and their carcasses wash up on shore, they have been mistaken for mythical sea creatures before, or even plesiosaurs. So then, just how big is the basking shark? On average, they tend to get 23 to 28 feet long, which is about 7 to eight and a half meters, but they can get as big as thirty to thirty-six feet long, or nine to eleven meters, with the um, with their weight of a full-grown basking shark coming in between three to six thousand kilograms, or that's about sixty-six thousand or sixty-six hundred pounds. Goodness, orders of magnitude here, to over thirteen thousand pounds. But the largest basking shark recorded was caught in a net um, as bycatch in the or presumably as bycatch, I suppose, it didn't say in any of the articles, in a net in the Bay of Fundy in Canada, and this shark came in just over 40 feet, or 12.3 meters, at I think it was 16 tons. For a fun visual, and some frame of reference, these basking sharks average about the same size of a school bus, and if we're going to use bananas for scale, we can use the banana unit conversion calculator that you too can find on Google, and a 30 foot basking shark is about 51.2 bananas, and that 40 foot shark would have come in at 68 and a half bananas. In my marine mammal and bird observing job, we have seen a basking shark a few weeks ago, and we were able to pull our boat up alongside it, since they're pretty slow moving sharks. We estimated the one that we saw was about 20 feet long, which is about 30.2 bananas. For some idea on the weight, uh, they'll get heavier than a minivan, maybe about a minivan and a half, but most won't get quite as heavy as the average African elephant. Being a large shark, they can also filter out a heck of a lot of water. Their mouth opens up to about a meter wide, so about three feet, which really turns them into a giant plankton net. While they're feeding, as I said earlier, they just open up their mouth, swim slowly forward, usually at about two knots, and at that speed, you could easily outwalk that shark. Different sources use different units and slightly different figures for how much water a basking shark can filter in an hour, so I'm just gonna list a few of them off for funsies. According to a variety of sources, they can filter 1.5 million liters of water per hour, 2,000 gallons of water per hour, uh, for whatever reason, this one's in pounds, for million pounds or 1,814 metric tons of water per hour, or finally 1,500 to 2,000 cubic meters of water per hour. Now why Oceana decided to go with pounds of water and not an actual unit of volume, I really don't know, but here we are. For, re- uh, for reference for volume, an Olympic-sized swimming pool is about 660,000 gallons so while they do have quite the filtering rate here, a basking shark would still have to actively feed for about 14 days before they filter an olympic size swimming pool. Pelagic, ocean-going sharks tend to have large fins as well, and this helps with uh, steering and efficiency. Low-energy swimming is best since they have larger distances to cover. Basking sharks are no different here as coastal pelagic sharks. And if we are just looking at their dorsal fin, just the dorsal fin can get to a few meters tall. Um, I saw one place that did say two to three meters tall in the biggest sharks, which would be about nine feet or so. For some real shark measurements, an 8.3 meter long adult female, which would be about a 27 foot shark, had a dorsal fin in the range of 1.1 meters tall, and that's almost four feet. In some areas, like around Ireland, you can go kayaking with the basking sharks that congregate over there, it's a pretty important ecotourism thing, but just imagine you're sitting there in your kayak and this four foot tall fin just comes out of the water right next to your boat uh, with about a 27 foot tall shark or foot long shark underneath your kayak. Now just talking about feeling small and and insignificant, possibly triggering a bit of existentialism, Sea kayaks typically come in the 15 to 20 foot range, so you'd be sitting there in your kayak with a shark almost twice as long as your kayak. Absolutely wild. Right, Coco? Coco agrees. While that can be a little unsettling to have such a large animal around your boat, there's no need to worry about the basking sharks itself, and you can focus on the um, existential crisis that the shark in your presence may have triggered. They are very docile sharks and can't really harm people. They do technically have teeth, but they are very tiny and they're not really biting teeth. They're just kind of there. They might help with some of the filtering and guiding food around. Um, Since they eat plankton, they're not really going around biting seals or biting fish. They're not going to be tempted by your kayak potentially looking like something they might want to eat uh, because it does not. Even if you are diving with a basking shark and you happen to get near its mouth, You could easily uh, swim away before you accidentally found itself in your mouth, and honestly, even if you did, you'd, you'd be able to swim out of its mouth, especially since they don't suck in water like whale sharks do. With such a big shark, it would be intuitive for it to also have very large babies. In this case, this is true, but funnily enough, whale sharks, being the largest fish in the world, actually don't have very large baby uh, baby sharks. They give birth to a lot of small sharks instead. Since I was looking into basking sharks, the articles I was looking at didn't give a a measurement for the whale shark babies, but they really just said that they were smaller. Basking sharks, on the other hand, essentially give birth to a whole adult shark. They don't have as many babies as whale sharks do, but the ones they do have are big. Baby basking sharks are born between five to six and a half or so feet long, or about one and a half to two meters, and this is as big as an adult gray reef shark. So these are the largest fish babies, with the runner up being the great white shark babies. With such a large shark, you may be wondering if they have any predators. With a fish this big, you would think nothing would really bother it and you would be correct for the most part they don't have very many predators but they do have a few orcas otherwise known as killer whales are really quite brutal and amazing predators and will go just about whatever they want to so they do go after basking sharks occasionally orcas do love themselves their shark livers and especially smaller basking sharks at least would have to worry about some other sharks and of course Humans have been a problem for basking sharks as well. Basking sharks are occasionally caught as bycatch, but have also been intentionally fished for centuries by their, um, for their meat, oil, fins, liver, and cartilage. In some areas, like around New Zealand, enough have been caught that the populations plummeted, and this was in the late 90s to early 2000s, and the basking shark is currently still listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List and populations have been decreasing. Their oil, liver, and fins are still considered um, valuable commodities in some areas, so some fishing does still occur. However, there is still some hope for basking sharks. They are protected species in the United States, UK, and New Zealand, so these are going to be areas where fishing of them is not allowed. And just earlier this year, Ireland placed the basking shark under protection, with their Wildlife Act. So with warming oceans due to climate change, it may be a bit of an uphill battle, but hopefully with some of these protection measures, basking shark populations will begin to improve, and this ocean giant will live on for many more years. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, and be sure to come on back for the next one in a couple of weeks. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also find the podcast on Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, or just about wherever else you listen to podcasts. There are a couple of options to help support this podcast. You can share us with somebody you know that could definitely use some more animal facts in their life, especially um, basking sharks, which we all know is everybody. And for half of the price of a white shark plushie, you can become a patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash quirkycreepyfreakypod. Um, I do, I have not uploaded it yet, but I do have some upcoming content planned. Um, I am going to be posting some of my marine biology adventures on Patreon for you to see, kind of as a bit of a sort of blog situation. So if you do want to see some of those marine biology adventures and some different org critters I've been seeing offshore, definitely join us on there. You can also find the podcast on Instagram, and when I'm not Uh, super busy or very tired after being on a boat for 10 hours i will actually post on there so give the podcast a follow at quirky creepy freaky pod and if you have a favorite quirky creepy or freaky animal fact send it on in at quirky creepy freaky pod at gmail.com audio editing and recording done by me olivia streit the intro music was created by kaylee streit thank you for listening coco do you have anything to say you have anything to say Coco? Oh. Well Coco didn't have any meows for you but she did rub her face on the microphone uh so there's that all right we'll see you next episode